Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad that Jesus is our living hope? Amen. We have a blessed hope of, uh, of an eternity, um, but we've got a living hope that abides in us every day. Hallelujah. Um, if you would open up your Bibles to John chapter 8, the Gospel of John chapter 8, and then chapter 20. I want to read just a little bit out of these two openings to lay a foundation uh, for us tonight. And and just uh, while you're turning there, let me preface that by saying, um, you know, you and I, when we get born again, we uh, we start on a journey and we're supposed to be following Jesus. And, and he said that uh, as we follow him, that we're going to go. We're going to go in faith. We're going to go in love. We're going to go in his and by his spirit and all of those things. And so as I've been praying about this service all week, uh, I kept getting the phrase over and over that you and I, we need to go in gladness wherever where we go. The, a, a Christian uh, should uh, be the, the most happy person on the face of the earth. Uh, a Christian uh, should have joy that uh, takes our situation and our circumstance and brings it to a happy moment in our life. Amen. And so we're going to look at some verses of scripture that will uh, uh, cause us to maybe change a little focus in our life when we have a tendency to lose our joy or or think that we have nothing to be happy about. Amen. And so um, when we focus on Jesus, it changes all of that for sure. Uh, so I'm glad you're here tonight. Let's see Michael again. Hey, man. Uh, so let, let's look at this. And uh, I'll try to give you the short version. I know I preached too long this morning, I know. But I, 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 it's just my heart's desire so desperately to, to uh, put in everything that the Lord uh, brings revelation about and brings unction about because he has so much for us. And he wants us to be so encouraged. So uh, I'll just... I, <clears throat> I'll just read uh, one verse out of both of these sections, but you really need to read uh, the preceding verses. In John chapter 8, let's read verse 56. Uh, in this 8th chapter, Jesus is dealing with a bunch of religious people who don't know uh, the power of the Bible, don't know the living word. All they know is the, the letter of the law. Uh, John eight fifty six. Jesus says, Your father Abraham rejoice. Now mark that down in your mind's eye. Rejoice to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day and he saw it and was glad. Now turn over to John 20, 20. I want to have 20, 20 vision, don't you? The word of God brings 20, 20 vision. John 20, verse 20. And when he had said when he had so said, he showed unto them, this is after the resurrection, he showed unto them, unto the disciples, his hands and his side. So Abraham saw what Jesus was going to do uh, in a vision. He understood that. And here, this is after the resurrection of Jesus, and he comes in that same flesh and bone body, not flesh and blood. The blood's in the mercy seat, on the mercy seat, but the flesh and bone body. And, and when the disciples saw it, they were what? Glad when they saw the Lord. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Brother Donnie, would you pray?
Lord, thank you for this day you've given us, Lord. Thank you for this opportunity. Father, thank you for this message that you sent to us, Lord. Let us humble our hearts, Lord, and yes. let us receive the true meaning in our lives, Lord. Stepping forth in the ability you're going to give us tonight, Lord. Let it be. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Thank you, Brother Donnie. Thank you for honoring the word. Thank you for your presence tonight. So, uh, I want you to, to see the two contrasts here. We see Abraham even under the old covenant because he's called the father of faith and because the Bible says he's a friend of God and, and he had this relationship with God the Father. He's able to, by revelation, as we were preaching about, talking about this morning, about when you and I, when we taste and see that the Lord is good, when we watch to see what God is saying, uh, we have by the Spirit of God the ability, the ability to prophesy what God is showing us uh, for our own lives, Amen. And so here, Abraham, he saw the Lord, and I and uh, and and when he saw him, he was glad. Now I want you to get this in your mind's eye. Abraham didn't start walking with the Lord until he was seventy-five years old. God gave him a promise, and that promise, Isaac wasn't born till he was ninety-nine. So. Uh, you and I, we don't have scripture to tell us, but somewhere between the ages of 75 and 99, he got to the place of faith and he saw Jesus. All right. So uh, the reason why I bring that up, the Bible says that he was uh, uh, there in 856. It said, uh, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, uh, and he and when he saw it, he was glad. The word is full of cheer. He was absolutely full of cheer. So Abraham was able to go the rest of his life. He was able to go in gladness. He was able to have a celebration. See, you and I, we've got to learn how to celebrate life. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the Life. So we need to learn how to celebrate life. And, and so right now there, there is so many people who are so discouraged and they're so despondent about so many things that are happening. But you and I have got to come back and we've got to see whether, uh, the, the time frame of Abraham or the time frame that you and I are living in after the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus, we can be glad. We can be full. Now the, the, the Bible says that when Abraham rejoiced, that word rejoiced is a Greek word, means that he jumped for joy. That's why I want you to consider his age. Even at his age, uh, the revelation that God had for him of, of Jesus the Christ, it enabled him and empowered him to jump for joy. So you and I tonight, we may not be literally able to jump in the physical, but in the spiritual, every one of us can jump for joy. Amen. Because we have the ability to see God's plan for us. What's God's plan? Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus, the Christ, the savior of our life. And so uh, whether uh, wherever you're at in your life. So from the point of Abraham being born and walking in that covenant all the way down to where you and I are at tonight, we can be in that place where we can make a choice. We can choose, come on, to be glad. We can choose to rejoice. And, and so a lot of times we've got to do things by faith, 99 and 9 tenths and then 9 tenths more. We've got to do it by faith. But when you do it by faith, God rewards that faith. He'll honor you making an attempt even though when you don't feel like it. 
when things don't look like the word is true, but he'll honor that and he'll bring it to pass in your life. So I want us to build on that tonight. And I, I just have just a few verses of scripture to try to, to, to bring that point home. Let's go to the Old Testament. I want you to read Psalms 33, 1 with me. Psalms 33, verse number 1. You realize that the Psalms wouldn't originally broke up. Man has done that for us to be able to find them. And so I, I, we have to read Psalms 33, 1 to understand Psalms 32. Amen. Now look at Psalms 33, 1. He says, Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely, it's beautiful, it's what's right for the upright, a play on words. So tonight, you and I, we need to rejoice. How? In the Lord. I don't rejoice in my body. I don't rejoice in the, the pain in my body. I don't rejoice in the trouble that's going on in my mind. But as we ministered this morning, you and I, we change that by hearing what God has to say. And we prophesy God's will, God's way, God's work out of our own life. And then we have what God's vision is for us. Amen. So I can rejoice in the Lord. I've got to make a habit when everything looks horrible, when it looks contrary to the word of God. I've got to say, no, I'm going to rejoice because if Abraham Abraham could rejoice even at his age and even under the old covenant. How much more can I be like the disciples that saw Jesus walk in that room? Come on, they put their Thomas. Jesus even come back for Thomas. Jesus will come back for me when I have a doubt. If, if we had time to, to keep reading, but we don't. He, he, he come back just specifically for Thomas for those who would need another look. So tonight, you and I, we may need another look in the promises and the things of God, but he'll give it to us. Amen. All right. Now, um, we, we, we've read verse number one. Now let's back up and let's see why you and I can rejoice tonight. Let's see why Abraham at his age got so excited. Let's see why the disciples were able to be glad. Let, let, let's understand that, that you and I, a lot of times we get beat down by the heaviness of this life. We get, we get burdened uh, by, by, by the things that we see and the things that we have to go through. And we've got to refocus to the truth. Amen. So let's go back up to verse number one in Psalms 32. And let's see why we have something to jump for joy about tonight. Psalms 32, one. Look what the word of God says. Blessed is he, she, the man, woman, boy or girl, whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Now think about this. Remember, we covered this this morning. This word blessed, uh, Isher. Is, is a word that means not just happy, but how happy with an exclamation point. So I, you and I, we can be so happy tonight, not because uh, what's going to happen tomorrow. There's going to, we know we're going to have to go through some things tomorrow. We're going to have to go out and meet the world. Uh, there, there's going to be uh, uh, different things that comes our way, but we're not worrying about tomorrow. We're thinking about right now. We're thinking about that God is the God of the moment. Amen. We may not even have to worry about tomorrow for whatever reason. So the Bible says Jesus out of his mouth, he said, you'd be thinking about right now. Don't, don't, don't get into the, the things of tomorrow because tomorrow will take care of itself. So I need to be in this place where I see how happy with an exclamation point. I can be so happy. Why? Because he said my transgressions is forgiven. Wow. Now think about that. You, you and I, whether we've got any, he said, he said, your sin is covered. 
See, you and I, we may have sin in our life where uh, it, it's tried to attach itself to us. And that's, and we may have been in a place of transgression where we've just done some things wrong uh, willfully. Uh, and as he's going to cover in a minute, that may turn into even to iniquity, uh, where we get into some things where we always seem to have a habit of falling short in that certain area in our life. Come on, we, you know, if we'll be honest, we've all dealt with things that we, the devil had a stronghold in our life and he would, he would work on that. But it didn't matter about any of those things. We're blessed. Because Jesus is what? Uh, he has made us upright. Come on, that's what we read in Psalms 33, 1. You and I, we are the righteousness of the Lord. Jesus Christ shed his blood. We accepted that blood into our life. And because he was made sin, you and I are made righteous. Amen. So I can rejoice tonight and I can be that blessed person. I can be that person that is so happy, not because I'm going through things, not because I'm dealing with trouble, not because there's uh, there's pain, there's heartache, none of those things. I just, I am blessed. I'm happy because my transgression, my sin is covered. Come on, I'm sinless tonight. You're sinless tonight. When God looks at you, he sees the white righteousness, that white robe that come into your life because Jesus' red blood covered your and I black sin and made us white. What a promise. What a privilege. So, yes, there's problems. There's, there's questions. Come on, every one of us, we have questions. I'm going to give the questions to the Lord. I'm going to give the, the, the burden to the Lord. I'm going, to, I'm going to give everything that would keep me from being able to, to go in gladness. I'm going to give it to Jesus. I'm not going to take one step again in my life and not be in celebration. I'm not going to take one step again and be in a place of fear, be in the place of aggravation, be in the place of discouragement, because I don't have to. Come on, I've spent so many times of my life stepping in the mess of the devil where he hindered me, he hurt me, he kept me in a place of uh, of wondering what this life was all about. This life is about relationship. This life is about fellowship. Amen. I can have the fellowship of the Lord every minute of my life. Amen. All right. Now notice, he said, verse number two, blessed. Once again, how happy is the man, is the person in whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, in whose spirit there is no guile, no crafty deception. See, I had iniquity in my life. I had been in certain sins for so long that that sin, when it come into my life, I might have been walking just as straight as I could in the Lord, because that's what iniquity means. It means to crook. It means to turn. So when that sin would come up, all of a sudden, instead of walking the straight, narrow path of the Lord, I would crook and walk into that sin and it would control me. It would dominate me. How happy I am tonight that Jesus Christ helps me to overcome those sins, those strongholds, those things that was going to lead me to a devil's hell, those things that was going to steal heaven out of my life in everyday life. Come on, I can be happy tonight because I have victory in Jesus. He is my source. I'm an overcomer because he said so. I'm an overcomer because he made me one, because he overcome every temptation, every trial, every sin, every iniquity that I deal with, he's done beat it. He's done nailed it to his cross. Amen. How happy, how happy. Notice what he says. Verse number three, when I kept silence, my bones wax old through my roaring all the day long. And you and I, we've all been there. We, we've let the devil trick us. And then we let the devil bring condemnation in our life. And he says, oh, see, you, you, you don't love God. You can't walk with Jesus. 
No, this life is about a learning experience. It's about learning how to climb the ladder of sanctification. It's learning how to depend upon the Lord and allow him to separate us from shortcomings, from habits, from misunderstandings, from from this flesh. You and I, we're becoming more like Jesus every day. Amen. We don't have a license to sin, but we've got a way to get out of sin. We've got an avenue to walk in victory. Amen. And so when we are when we we're in that place where we did sin, you and I, we would pull away from God. That's what the psalmist is saying here. And all of a sudden, but when I pull away from God, I'm going to get tired. I'm going to get I'm going to get dry. I'm going to get hungry because I'm pulling away from my life source. Amen. So the the moment that that something comes up in your life, in my life, don't look at it as as a victory of the enemy. Look at it as an avenue for the cross to be applied to your life. Look at it as an understanding that you can see what that is and you can overcome it. Let that cross bridge the gap and don't keep you from victory, but take you to that next level of victory. Amen. That's for us. I'm going to go and joy. I'm going to go in gladness. I'm going to celebrate what God can do in my life. Uh, He said, for day and night, thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer. Selah. See, God doesn't do that because he's mad at us. He does that because he's trying to draw us closer to him. Uh, He's not going to let you be in the place where you enjoy your sin. There's a pleasure in sin for a season, a small time frame. And then all of a sudden, God sees what that sin is trying to do to you, how that deception is trying to work. And he loves you and I so much that it don't matter how many times we do it again and again and again, it never matches what it did. Come on, he takes that away where all of a sudden we say, devil, you tricked me. You worked in my flesh. You worked in my soul. I thought this was what I wanted and it has nothing for me. Come on, that's a good God. That's a good God. He loves us that much because, see, I got in so deep in certain things and I kept trying to find the joy in it. I kept trying to find the gladness in it. I tried to find something to celebrate. There was nothing to celebrate because it was the work of the flesh. It was a work of the devil. Amen. So I can go tonight because why? Because God said I could. I can do whatever he tells me I can do. Amen. Look what happens. This is what happened to you and I. Verse number five. Why can we rejoice in the Lord? I acknowledge my sin unto the Lord, unto thee. Mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. And look what happens. And thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin, Selah. He covers it all. Sin, iniquity, transgression, trespass. It doesn't matter what what you and I want to look at the level of understanding of our pulling away from the Lord of us, uh, breaking the word of God. It doesn't matter what it is. Jesus is the answer for it. Amen. He wants to help us. You say, well, we're all Christians here. Why are you talking to us like this? Because you and I got to realize that if we're not even keeping the love command, then we've got a problem. The Bible says I'm to love my neighbor as myself. Jesus said, by this love shall all men know that I'm his disciple. See, so uh, right here, I was thinking over there doing worship. Look at this little little baby. Look at Leo. Third time he's been in church. Uh, We've got uh, an aunt and uncle who are bringing him to church because right now that's the only way he can get here. Okay. They're, they're, They're doing what 
the, the Bible says to do. Ephesians, Galatians 6.2, Galatians 6.2 says that you and I are to bear one another's burdens. And, and if I truly love somebody, I'm going to bear a burden for them. And if, when, when they're in the place where they can't do what they're supposed to do, I'm going to help them do it. Amen. So that's what they're doing. They're, they're, they're bringing this child to the house of God. And, and the Bible says that when we uh, do a work, when we sow a seed of righteousness, we're going to reap a harvest of righteousness. So what they're doing, they're making preview. They're, 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 they're laying the foundation for their own children. Come on, to be in the house of the Lord. And, and so you and I have got to see that, that everything that we don't do, the Bible says for me not to grumble. When I grumble, I'm sinning. So I need what? I need this covenant. The Bible says for me not to worry. Sometimes I worry. So that's a sin. So I need this covenant. How happy. I need to know that I can come back to God and I can be in the place and the position that he can take out whatever situation might be contrary to his word in my life by the blood of Jesus. And I can fill up and I can go in gladness. I can celebrate my God. Amen. All right. Now, uh, drop down. Uh, to verse number eight, Psalms 32, eight. I'm not, like I said, I'll try not to keep you long. He said, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with my eye. The reason why I can rejoice tonight is because I spent so much of my life before Jesus. And then I spent so many years of my life after Jesus where I didn't consult God. I talked to God when I got a problem. I talked to God when I got a need, but this is my life, God, and I want to make my decisions. I want to do what I want to do. I want to go where I want to go. I want to spend my money the way I want to spend it. I want to visit with who I want to visit with. So in that, you and I were in a place and position where we're not yielding to the Spirit of God. We're not trusting the Lord to be our all in all. We're really being the little G of our own life when we do that. And so I need to know that when I'm doing that, I'm in the place of separation from Him and, and I'm not being led by Him. But the moment, the, the reason why I can rejoice is because He said that when I acknowledge what he shows me. See, tonight God's going to show us some things. And when we uh, uh, acknowledge what he shows us, look what he promised us. He said, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. God's got a place for us that's better than where we're at. He's got a place of joy. He's, he's got a position of victory. He's got a, 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 a platform of peace for you and I to live and to operate from. And he wants to teach us all about it. And that doesn't mean that you're not going to have problems all around you. You are. In this world, you shall have tribulation. But in the midst of all of that, you're going to have the victor in your life. I'm going to have the victor in my life. Now he said, I will instruct thee in the way which thou shalt go, and I will guide thee with my eye. Oh my goodness. God sees all. The Bible says he is omnipotent. Think about that. That means he can see all the way from the beginning to the end. He can look into the heart of every person and he sees his plan, but he sees what the devil has as an alternative to uh, his plan, to his will, to his best in their life. But God says, if you will look, you won't have to make decisions out of what you see. 
See, if I'm not walking in the spirit about something, if I'm not uh, trusting the Lord to help me to crucify my flesh and to step into that next place, I'm seeing things out of my own understanding. See, your understanding, my understanding is based on our experience. See, I don't want to make decisions out of my experience because most of my experiences failed. So I have the promise tonight. I can go in gladness. I can celebrate the Lord because he said that he would what? He would guide me with his very own eye. The eye of the Lord knows all. See, all of a sudden, he can cause you and I to refocus. We get our mind off of what we're dealing with right now in this moment, and he shows us standing at the judgment seat of Christ. You can close your eyes and open up the eyes of your spirit, and you can see yourself there standing before Jesus. You can see that white robe of righteousness. You can see yourself forgiven, and you can see Jesus calling forth the rewards that you've earned in this earth. You can see him bringing forth people who have been saved because you were faithful. If that won't cause you to go in gladness, if that won't cause you to celebrate God, there's nothing going to cause you to go in gladness. Amen. You can see that you have the victory. In other words, you can live from that moment all through this life until you step into that moment. It's not a fairy tale. It's a truth. You and I are going to stand before the bema. Oh, that gives me chills all over. That means that I don't have to worry about the great white throne judgment. I don't have to worry about missing out on God's best. Jesus has done took that judgment for me. Come on, I can go in gladness. I can celebrate God. All right, now notice what he says, verse number nine. Be not as the horse or as the mule, which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with bit and bridle, lest they come near unto thee. In other words, I've got to make a choice to humble myself. I've got to make a choice uh, to let the word of God be my bit and bridle. Remember, he, he's alluding to what James, uh, or James is, uh, is alluding to this, however you wish to look at it. In James chapter 3, James said that, you know, a thousand pound steed is controlled by his tongue because of that bridle and because of that bit that is on his tongue. So, in other words, you and I, we can either come near to the Lord in obedience or we can miss out on his best and come to him in disobedience. We're not going to do that, amen? Because we're going to go in gladness. We're going to go in a, in, a, in a celebration because he's guiding us with his eye. Verse number 10. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he that trusteth, he or she, man, woman, boy, or girl, that trusteth in the Lord, notice this, mercy shall compass him or her about. Wow, why can I go in gladness tonight? Why can I celebrate Jesus? Because he said there's going to be many sorrows. And, and here he's specifically pointing to the sorrows of the wicked because they have nothing to cover those sorrows. They have no way to deal with those sorrows. Wow. But look what he promised you and I. But he that trusteth, this word trusteth means to run and to hide for protection. So you and I, we're running and we're hiding in the blood of Jesus, in that covenant that we have with God the Father, in the Lord Jesus Christ. But he that trusteth in the Lord, he said, mercy shall, there's no doubt about it, mercy shall compass us about. That means in front of you, 
behind you, to your left, to your right, is the mercy of God. Now, the mercy of God, it, 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 here in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew, it means, it means the kindness. It means the grace that is all around your life. So how can I celebrate God? How can I go in gladness? Because God's mercy is swallowing up every plan of the devil against me. God's mercy is swallowing up every plan that the devil has against you tonight. Don't you think God's mercy is greater than the meanness of the devil? Come on, it is. So it doesn't matter what you're dealing with. It doesn't matter what I'm dealing with. I've got to, by faith, accept that, receive that. I've got to start celebrating in that. And when I do, it lifts me out of my situation, my circumstance, and it puts me on the Savior. Amen? Verse number 11. Now, we'll come back to that mercy in just a minute in closing. But verse number 11, he said, right now, be glad. That This word glad is a Hebrew word. It means to brighten up. Well, the way you and I brighten up, we look to the light, right? God's word is light because Jesus is the light. Psalms uh, 119 tells us the entrance, Psalms 119 verse 130, the entrance of God's word gives light. So if I'm going to what? He said, be glad in the Lord. If I'm going to brighten up, then I need to get the word of God in my life. I got to see that what the devil is showing me is trying to push the word out trying to prune me away from the word. And so I, I, I've got to hold on to what God has for me. You've got to hold on for what God has for you. He said, be glad in the Lord. Not in your situation, not in your circumstance, not in your trial, not, not in your lack. We're not talking about that. We're, uh, you and I, we, we understand that faith calls those things that be not as though they were. We're not denying those things. That would make us a liar. You know, uh, you know, if we're sick, we're sick, but Jesus is the healer. If we're broke, we're broke, but my God shall supply. Amen. We're talking about changing our situation. If a relationship is divided or broke, my God, my Jesus is the unifier. He brings hearts together. Amen. So we start saying those things. He said, be glad in the Lord, not in the situation. And then he said, if you're really glad, because that's a command, be glad in the Lord and rejoice. This word rejoice is a Hebrew word. It means to jump around like Abraham did. See, Donna has to, she has to help me all the time. The Bible says, uh, give to the weaker vessel. Well, ladies, you may be weaker in physical things, but you're strong in spiritual things. Amen. And, and so she'll tell me, she said, she'll say, now, come on. She said, by faith, put a smile on your face. So the devil doesn't know that it's having an effect on you if you don't reveal it to him. The only way he can tell is by looking at He's a studier. The devil looks at you. He looks at me. He studies us and he works according to that. Because he, the Bible in Ephesians chapter 2 says that he's very energy efficient. So if I don't give him an avenue to work in my life, guess what? He's going to flee. Neither give place to the devil, right? Resist the devil and he will. Flee from you. So I've got to be in that place. And so don't give him an opportunity. Don't give him a spot to work. He said, be glad in the Lord and rejoice. Spin around, jump around, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. Now this word upright in heart, it means those who have a new heart. Come on, you, the Bible says that God gives us a brand new 
heart. And, and so it didn't say because you felt like it. It didn't say because everything was going good. It said because you have a brand new heart. I can go in gladness. I can celebrate God because why? Because I've got a brand new heart. Let me let me read this to you. Uh, I don't know. We lost it on the computer, but so you just have to bear with me. Let me read this to you in a couple of versions. Um, Psalm thirty-two, eleven, in the uh, contemporary English version says, "And so your good people should celebrate and shout." Come on, people celebrate at ball games. They celebrate at parties. They celebrated all sorts of things in the world. You and I, we need to celebrate our God. Amen. We need to lift his name. Amen. Look at this. Here's the, the, the TPT. So celebrate the goodness of God. He shows his kindness to everyone who is his. Go ahead. Shout for joy, all you upright ones who want to please him. So that brings that just a little clearer. If I'm not shouting from joy, if I'm not celebrating God, I'm not pleasing him at the level that I can. Now, that doesn't browbeat me. That encourages me. That means simply by an act of faith, opening up my mouth, I can please God. Come on. I've never been able to please anybody, but I can please God. But simply what? Going in gladness, telling God, I'm so thankful that I'm saved. I'm so thankful that I'm forgiven. I'm so thankful that I have a relationship with you. One last one. Here is the MSG. Celebrate God, period. Sing together, everyone, exclamation point, all you honest hearts, I love this part, raise the roof. Exclamation point, raise the roof. Come on, we need to raise the roof. We need to raise Jesus up, amen, because he's the God that is more than enough. So I can go in gladness tonight. You can go in gladness tonight because I have something, I have someone. To celebrate. In closing, go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Let's read a couple of verses and I'll let you go. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. This, this should just encourage us so much. Look at verses 3 and 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice this. The Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. So what did the Bible say there in Psalms 32, 10? That God's mercy shall compass you and I. In other words, it shall be in front of you, it shall be behind you, to your left, to your right. And so the reason why that mercy is all around us, because you and I, we have a Father in heaven. We may not have had a perfect father here on earth. I may not be a perfect father. Of course, I know I'm not. You know you're not. But we've got a perfect father in heaven. And he is the father of what? Of mercies. Now, what does that mean when you see the word of, the English word of in the King James Bible? It means the source, the pro. He's the, he's the originator. He's the, he, he, he just does, doesn't give us mercy. He is mercy. And, and so he's not just mercy in the singular, he's mercy in the plural. I don't know about you, but I need God's mercy like Jeremiah said. Jeremiah said that God's mercies were new every morning. 
I need His mercy. Come on. I'm in the flesh. I love God, but I, I've got issues. I've got situations. I've got battles that I've got to face. Amen. But I can face them with an overcoming King. I can go in gladness. I can celebrate my God. I can jump for joy because I am not going to die and go to hell, but I'm going to look more like Jesus every day until the sounding of the trumpet. Amen. We've got to believe that. And so He's the Father of mercies. That means He's never going to run out. Oh, now this is what helps me so much. Because I know he's going to cover me in his mercy. But he's going to allow me to have mercy to give to somebody else. See, before I would want his mercy. But then this person here, they better toe the line. I didn't really say that. But that's what I was demonstrating. Come on. Because I was in the place and position, well, I don't have no problem with that, and they shouldn't either. That's right. Which is worse than the one problem. But I've got the Father of mercies that will cover my situation, but then it will be the source, the seed, for me to be able to give mercy to somebody else. Notice what he said. Blessed be the God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies. This word mercy means to exercise pity and compassion. Oh my goodness. Now when you exercise, Brother Corey's been training for a 5K. When you exercise, you've you got to build yourself up. You've got you to work toward the goal. And every time you exercise, you get stronger and stronger. So what we've got to do, we've got to be humble under the hand of God and receive his mercy. And every time that we bow down and humble ourselves and receive that mercy, we're exercising. We're getting stronger in the Lord. But then all of a sudden, when we see what God's gave us and we start giving it out to others, we start exercising ourselves in that. It gets easier. And easier. And all of a sudden, God says, you're starting to look like my son more and more because you are my child. Come on, we're children of the most high God. We're not children. Abraham's, uh, God was talking to him. Jesus was talking to those who said they were of Abraham. And Jesus told them, if we'd got time to read it in John eight forty four, he said, you're not of God. You're of your father, the devil. But you and I, were children of God. And so we can exercise this mercy. Now notice what he says. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and, and the God of all comfort. Now here's what you and I have got to practice, and we've got to get it in our heart, and we've got to tell everybody we see. The God of all comfort, this is a, a Greek word that means that God reaches out to us when we're struggling, and he pulls us to himself if we'll allow him to. See, the devil, he wants to say, oh, you know, you're kind of dirty. You're unclean. You better clean up some things and then you can come unto God. No, I can't clean up anything. Only Jesus can clean me up. And so he's the God of all comfort. He wants to console me. He wants to reach down. Jesus is not afraid of my sin because he's done overcome all of it. 
And you and I, we're going to tell a whole generation. They, they have been browbeaten. They've been condemned. They've been conditioned to hate God because they think all God wants to do is send them to hell. No, God is trying to do everything he can to save them from hell. Amen. And so we've got to implore them. We've got to bring them this same consolation that he's the father of mercy. And his mercy is that he wants to comfort them. He wants to draw them to himself and he'll reach down to where they're at. That sin will not stop his hand and he'll grab them where they're at and he'll pull them up to himself. Amen. Stay with me. One more verse. Verse number four. We're talking about our God, our Father, our Lord, our Savior. It said, who comforted us in all of our tribulation. And we read that word in this, you know, we immediately go to the, to the seven-year tribulation and all of those things. No, that this word here, uh, we need to see it as what it says in the Greek. It's just simply pressure. How many deal with pressure? Every one of us, we, we, we all are, go through trials and troubles. There, there's pressure on us financially. There's pressure on us emotionally. There's pressure on us physically. Uh, just the atmosphere that's on your, on your body, on my body, that, this atmospheric pressure, it's great just in the natural. So can you imagine when you add all that together, emotions, spiritual and physical, you're under pressure. You're under tribulation. But he said that he comforted us in some of our tribulations. Oh, my. Now, remember what that word comfort means. It means to reach out, no matter what's going on, and to draw near. Come on, there's people that won't come to church because they think that you and I are going to judge them. They think that they have no chance, no hope. And so they just turn their whole back and they say, I just don't want anything to do with God. Because God has been misrepresented to them. And it's time that you and I represent him the way that he truly is. A God of what? A God of all comfort. Who comfort us in all of our tribulation. Now notice, why does he do that? Because he loves us. But also look at this. That we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. Those who are in any any tribulation. See, God first puts the seed in us. And he wants a harvest to come out of us to reach somebody else. Amen. So what we've got to see and stop, don't let the devil cause us to judge a situation or judge a person. Well, immediately when that comes up in our mind, we cast that down in Jesus name and say, Lord, I'm not going to think that way. Show me the truth because the devil's trying to block what you have for that person. Show me what you have. Show me how I can be used by you to, I want to be your hand. The Bible says that we're Jesus's body in the earth. That means Jesus wants to use your hand, my hand, to reach and draw somebody out. So I'm going to go in cheer. I'm going to go in gladness. I'm going to celebrate God because there's an opportunity for people all around me, all around you, to come to salvation. Amen? Who comfort us in all of our tribulation that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. How? By the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Now, why do people not do something? Because they don't think they have the ability. They don't think they have the source. What did he just tell us? God gave to us the source. The source is Jesus. And if God freely gave us Jesus, he'll freely give us, Romans 8, all things. 
So you have at your disposal, I have at my disposal, everything that we need. That makes me want to jump. Come on, that makes me want to go in joy, in gladness. It makes me want to celebrate God because I don't know about you. When the devil shows me everything that I think I lack, there's no joy there. There's worry. There's concern. All of those things. And so I'm never going to be able to go like Jesus wants me to go unless I cast those lies down and I receive the truth. Amen. We need to receive the truth. And how do we receive that truth? We hear what the Spirit's saying and then we prophesy. We speak it out of our own life. Come on. I, I, I reverence the Lord. Those who reverence the Lord, they lack no good thing. Those who walk uprightly, they lack no good thing. I don't walk uprightly on myself. I walk uprightly because Jesus made me to. Amen. So he's my source. The pressure's not on me. He's done defeated the pressure, the tribulation. Jesus overcomes, so I am an overcomer. Amen. So I'm going to go in joy. Here's what I want you to do. Just by faith, you're going to meet some kind of hell probably before you even get home. But just by faith, when you meet that hell, laugh at it. Let, say, God, here I, I, I'm seeing a different picture than what you've uh, gave me out of your word. But I, I'm going to cast that down. I'm going to put the blood of Jesus over that picture. And I'm going to let the picture of what your word says. I'm going to hold on to what you say. I'm going to let your comfort. I'm going to let your mercy come into my life. And I'm going to go in gladness. And when you do that, you're going to overcome that situation. And when you overcome that situation, you're going to be able to trust God for something better. Something bigger, something bolder. And all of a sudden, then you're going to have enough confidence because you see God doing it in your own life. You're going to give out of your own life what God's gave to you, to somebody else. Amen. That's what true joy is. When, when we close off. Or, okay, let me rephrase that. When I close off. I'm the most miserable person in the world. The devil tries to close me off because he, he tries to make me think. What people think about me or what they say about me or, or, or uh, uh, all of those things, you know, that's inside our mind, that how the devil works. And so I, I, I put up that wall to protect me. Oh, my. See, the wall that I put up to keep from getting hurt. The Holy Ghost just said the wall that you put up to keep from getting hurt doesn't keep the hurt out. It keeps the hurt in. And it keeps the healer out. Oh my goodness. If we just come here for that one phrase, that's what we need to take home with us. Amen. When I put the wall of hurt up, it keeps the hurt in. It keeps the healer out. Come on. Let's let the walls fall in Jesus' name. Let's receive everything God would have for us. And let's go. Let's celebrate God. Pray with me. Father God, in Jesus' name. At as quick as I could, Lord, to the best of my ability, Lord, I, 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 I've trusted in you. This group of people has trusted in you. They've made an effort to come out tonight, this Sunday night, where they could be doing anything else, just like the world. But they're not of the world. They're of you. Lord, right now, by the Spirit of the living God, let the mercies of God come into every situation. Let us see your mercy. Let us receive your comfort. Let your saving hand reach down into every situation of our life. Let us partake of that and let it be so uh, freeing, so liberating 
that were able to give out of that liberation, out of that freedom, out of that truth. Let us be able to give it into someone else. Lord, touch each one of us where we're at tonight. Draw us to a place of an altar in our heart and let us hear truth. Let lies fall. We ask you in Jesus' name.